"'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, except for two British blokes recording a festive podcast. Yes, listeners, welcome to A Festive Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in a Christmas Germany. And all without saying, die drei schmackhaftesten Fruchte der Weihnachtszeit sind stille, Liebe und Besinnlichkeit. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, yes. Tis I, the Lord of Christmas, here to bestow on you the finest of seasons greetings. I'm joined as ever by my elf Simon. Wait, are you an elf Simon, or are you some other fantasy festive creature? A reindeer, perhaps? Maybe a snowman? Well, I mean, yeah, if we're looking at facial hair alone, I'm Santa fucking Claus. It's not grey enough, dude. It's not grey enough. Times are tough. <laughs> it's getting greyer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, by the end of this podcast, you will have totally white hair. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is a bit of a different one. To, uh, this week, uh, we've got alcohol and other festive treats to enjoy. Speaking of which, I'm going to open my bowl oh, on... Live on record. Yeah, get ready for this. Get listeners. ready for that pop. Anyone that knows what beer it is from the pop, you win. <laughs> Our admiration. You win Christmas. Because we don't give away anything. Are you ready? You ready for mm-hmm. this? Oh, fuck that one. I couldn't, didn't even do it in one. Oh, didn't, didn't do it in one. I'm not a real German. That, that means winter's going to last another two months, I think. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't realise that was the rule. Yeah, yeah, it's the first time we've, we've been drinking on the podcast. Yeah. So I've got a uh, Marie House Brendel Helles. Okay. Which is nice. my new favourite. And and you have a what? I, I've got the, the champion of last year's uh, Beer World Cup. I've got Augustina, the daddy of Helles. Filthy casual is what I told you before. <laughs> Yeah, the Deutsche Beer Pokal has been has been running in earnest in the background. We didn't talk about it last week because mm-hmm. we forgot. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's sitting pretty exciting. We, we reached finally. Oh my god! Thank God we reached the uh, the knockout stages because I was beginning to lose my mind having to upload constant <laughs> updates on the group stages. <laughs> it was like it was like every day. It was it was bloody trauma. I mean, I'm sure there's harder things in life, but. Uh, yeah, for me, it was pretty intense. Hey, you've been doing a cracking job, and uh, there's been a lot of very positive feedback, I think. There's been a roller coaster of emotions as well. I think everyone has their favorite beer yeah. in the group stages, in any group. And watching your baby get, get beat up on by something you, you are convinced is a lesser beer is deeply upsetting. There were some really disappointed people. When I actually did the results for the group stages... Because it, it took me until the end of the group stages to actually find time to do all to tot up all the numbers, uh, despite I, I'd been mentioning who'd won and who'd who'd gone out and things like that in the tweets. Mm-hmm. All the groups were basically the same. Uh, the the top of the group had nine points. Number uh, the second in the group had six points. The th- third in the group had three points, and usually the last beer had zero points. And that was basically every group was like that, except for Group E, which was a nail biter. Group E, to remind you, was eyeing a cele- celebrator doppelbock, Gaffelweiss, Marsbrau, and the Vilanka Pilsner. Now, Vilanka Pilsner continued the theme and came bottom, mm-hmm. but Mars, Gaffel, and Eyinger all achieved six points. And then I was like, well, that's no problem. I'll just choose the one who, like, one of these teams will have lost to both beers. No, like, there was, Eyinger <laughs> was beaten by Gaffel, Gaffel was beaten by Mars, um, and Mars was beaten by. Eyinger, I think that's right. I think that's how it worked. Uh, mathematically, mm-hmm. that's how it worked out. Yeah, so I had to run a quick playoff over an hour. 
clearly the Mars people weren't on the uh, on on Twitter at that point because Mars went out, <laughs> which is they went from first to third in an hour. So that was the drama that was in the group stages. It was it was the first heartbreak of the tournament for me. That's the only beer out of that group that's been in my fridge. Which one, Mars? Yeah, it's got a great bottle, great beer. It's it's a it's a lovely drop. Oh, it is. It's and very to, lovely to see it go out that way. Is it's tough. It was brutal. It was brutal. And then we had the round of sixteen, and we had some some pretty impressive results uh we had the uh, f- is it the fuxen alt which was my new nemesis since it beat my my lovely beautiful boy <laughs> roadhouse beaten by fuxen alt and fuxen alt came top of group g they drew the minnows of my f- other favorite beer because of the ridiculous name it has the <laughs> Mardson schlappers seppel specialität uh which is putting a little bit of the uh schwabian sh onto that uh for good measure <laughs> yeah martin did a number on them they put them out straight away given how popular fucks and out was and so that was a pretty impressive result and then we had uh gaffel went out to uriga alt and mm. um all the rest were pretty but oh no um herbsthauser or herbsthauser pills Put out the Berliner Kindle Yubi, uh, which was, I mean, the Berliner kin- Kindle Yubi could do no wrong in the group stages. And as soon as it meets the knockouts, it goes out. So right now we're playing the quarterfinals. So if you uh, are listening to this, too late because the tournament will be over by now. <laughs> you will know, listener, who the winner is by this point, I hope. Or at least you'll know who's in the final. Um, if my ability to upload various images and polls has been as effective as I'd want it to be. Things will improve by Thursday, but because I'm off. We also we can't have a repeat of last year's final because it will be a semi-final of Augustina and Rothhouse if they get that far. Uh, well, I guess if Rothhouse gets that far, yeah, I'm not convinced that that I, I'm, I mean all eyes are on Augustina at this point. I'm I'm kind of or Augustina, mm. shall I say? Yeah. Really hoping someone someone can put them out because I am pig sick of that beer. Like I'm. The amount of people are like, it's the best beer in Germany. And I'm like, it's not even the best beer from their brewery, man. Edelstoff <laughs> is the best Augustina beer. And I can't help but just think that Augustina is the most basic of beers. It's like the tourist beer. It's the first beer I had and that clued me into the fact that German beer was amazing. Calling it a basic beer, I imagine people get upset by that because there are, uh, looking at you, Erdinger, uh, Bitburger. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of basic beers, but... Um, we're both spoiled as well. I mean, obviously you don't live in Franconia anymore, but uh, here in these these parts, Augustina wouldn't even feature in most mm. people's top 10 because there is so much amazing variety of local Franconian things. But yeah, we can't all be as lucky as me and live in Franconia. And some of the people are just saying, okay, yeah, it's the best that Munich has to offer. That means it must be the best. And yeah, the tournament last year showed that that belief runs strong. Hopefully people will just be like, fuck this. <laughs> I don't want Augustine to win again. And we'll just all vote for against them no matter what. Well, we've already had people on who are saying, I don't even know any of the beers. I'm just voting for the ones I like the colour of. <laughs> I like I the label. This is the problem, so. isn't it? Yeah. The name and the label design are definitely big players uh, at this point in the tournament. I mean, the... The reason I did it in the first place last year was because we were in a very similar position to where we are now, where people were proper bummed out about Christmas. And I was like, well, it's fun. Mm. And it also was fun for me to keep my mind off it. And it's been fun to do. And people seem to enjoy it and doesn't have to do anything. It's just something we can all sort of talk about and and, and sort of laugh mm. about. And, and I'm fine with that. So it's doing what it's meant to do. It's not serious. No one actually wins anything. There's no gold award at the end. <laughs> and and personally, I always feel that if you're the type of person who gets angry about beer choices, 
then you're probably not the kind of person I want to spend time with. You know, we can take the piss. I think that's fair. But it is it is lighthearted at its yeah. core, as is everything we do. Yeah, exactly. Um, there are other foundations and magazines that you can uh, take part in if you want to be a monstrous <laughs> dick about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's been no. Thankfully, this year there's been no one complaining about the choices of beer, or like they've been like sort of doing the comedy complaining of like, oh no, my beer's out. Oh, it must be a fix. Mm. I want to recount, and it's all in good humour. Uh, but I still remember. I'm still scarred by someone complaining that you can't have a Viton versus a Hellas, and I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> Stop bogarting my my tournament. I'll do what I fucking want. It's like you can. Yeah, you, you absolutely can do, you can, can do whatever the fuck you want online. That's the beauty of being online, right? Yeah. <laughs> Admin rights. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of doing what you want, look at me. I'm doing it again. I've got all the smooth transitions, even with beer. Whoa, I know. I, beer. I, it's going to get worse, I'm sure, as we go on. <laughs> but we will see. Uh, I did something that I've wanted to do for months now, and I finally got off my ass and cooked a Sunday dinner for 12 people 12 on Sunday. 12 people, wow. That's, that's a, that's a lot of It was intense. People. Yeah, it was. I, I think you can only do that once or twice a year because otherwise mm. it just drives you crazy. The amount of time management when you've got, what do we have? We had roast beef, Yorkshire puddings, carrots and parsnips, roast potatoes, and was there something else? I think that was everything. Gravy. I think that might be everything. Oh, well, the gra- well, this is it. You asked us about the gravy, and the secret to a good gravy is if you line the bottom of your bacon tray where you put the the beef in with vegetables, and then when you take the beef out to rest for 40 minutes, you just liquidize all the vegetables, and bang, mm-hmm. you have the finest gravy known to man, woman, child, <laughs> alien, whoever. Fantastic. Yeah, it looks really good. Lovely on the plate. I was quite happy. I mean, I even inspired you to make, to yeah. make Sunday dinner. <laughs> I, I, I got drunk on Saturday night for the first time in months. And uh, yeah, I wasn't feeling great on Sunday morning. Then you sent me a photo of your roast. And I was like, oh, fuck, I've got to do a roast now. I need that in my life. <laughs> this day cannot end without it. And yeah, my mind went all right. But I didn't have to cook for 12 people. I would have been in pieces if I had to do that. So yeah, yeah I mean, to the chef definitely a better situation to be in if you're not having to cook for multiple people at once but i think it's it's good brownie points you know people mm-hmm. people appreciate it everyone seemed to enjoy it so i felt like uh, that was a good reason to do it it's become like a christmas tradition now so i've been doing that for a few years where i make the entire family uh, a british roast dinner and they always enjoy it they love yorkshire puddings and that makes me super happy that i've introduced this very mm-hmm. british can we say delicacy that sounds a bit like a Bit, a bit pompous I mean, it's, maybe. it's UNESCO World Heritage isn't it <laughs> which if it isn't it should be <laughs> but yeah and I just think they've really taken to it they really enjoy it so that always, I always get a kick out of that the first round were pretty horrific it's often the case isn't it with the Yorkies getting them right first time I think only Art Bessie does that um, but for us mere mortals, it, it does often take a, a hotter oil on the second go the trick for me to a good because essentially all it is is eggs, milk and flour Mm-hmm. A bit of salt, mix it together. You got the batter. You pour it into a, a bacon tray, like a cupcake tray, and stick it in the oven. But there's so much, there's so much around. Like you, the, the temperature of the oven's really key. The consistency's really key. All of that stuff. And like the first lot didn't weren't hot enough, and mm-hmm. I banged the oven on at 210 degrees, and those babies rose. 
and they were fine the second round. It's one of those dangerous things where you yeah. can't check on it. Like opening the door midway is a disaster. I basically boiled my face when I did it the first time. <laughs> it was a terrible idea. But um, after 10 years, you don't have many opportunities to exchange culture. Mm. So uh, most of the time, I mean, everyone in my, my German family's been to Britain. They've experienced it. My father-in-law's eating haggis, for God's sake. <laughs> like He's no newbie. So you're always looking for something you can introduce them to. And uh, it was it was Yorkshire puddings last year. And this year, it was mince pies. Oh. So I made some more mince pies. And uh, so inspired was my mother-in-law with mince pies that she made her own <laughs> using my leftover wow. mince meat. And so I've got something to look forward to. I don't know what they're going to be like. I'm hoping there's some kind of German, German twist to them. I don't know. They're covered in um eye liquor or cherries <laughs> i imagine cherries or yeah, yeah. that work <laughs> yeah exactly that's the hope but we'll see i mean as you say this uh this exchange of of uh of culture is big i actually did this tonight hadn't really thought about what i was making for dinner and ended up doing some chicken and some bubble and squeak oh right yeah which is something i've not done for 15 20 years at least and yeah the wife enjoyed it you got to tell the listener what bubble and squeak is now. Yeah, so bubble and squeak is basically leftovers. The proper recipe is with basically you take mashed potato, onions, and uh, cabbage, and those are the three like staples you have to have. Um, you fry up the onions, add in the mashed potato, add in the cabbage, and basically turn it into like a pancake. It should crisp up a little bit and caramelize. But what you can do is basically chuck anything in it. So we had some uh, some bushbornen, some like runner beans left over from dinner the other night. Put them in there. Had some shallots from the other night. Those went in as well. I did instead of cabbage, I did Brussels sprouts to make it a bit Christmassy and a bit some raws and cool. Um, so yeah, it was like a, a Christmas bubble and squeak. The wife didn't like it as much as I did, but that's how that's how the dice fall. I don't think I've ever made it, and I don't actually think I knew what it was until a couple of years ago. I just sort of it's one of those things you'd heard about. But it wasn't something mm. that I don't think we ever. I mean, coming from a family with four four lads in it, there was never, never any leftovers. leftovers. So. <laughs> <laughs> probably why we never got it. But it feels like something that's quite Christmassy. Is it not something you usually have on Boxing Day? It was definitely it was a standard thing for my family because there would always be leftovers, and you can just chuck the hot every part of the Christmas meal works in it. Um, so yeah, cold cuts and bubble and squeak was a very normal. Boxing Day lunch for us in my family's house and a pork pie. My granddad always had a special Boxing Day pork pie from Yorkshire. Oh, that's loads making, of jelly in making it. me mm. sort of sad. <laughs> I want a pork pie. It's the only thing I don't think I can reasonably make myself is pork pies because there is a real no, I'm sure it's a real pain in the ass to get it right. I'm I'm working on sausage rolls. Oh, yeah. I found out the name, although I've mm-hmm. forgotten it right now. For what I need to order to get sausage meat there's a particular type of meat that you have to ask for and they'll give it to you so so um, that's what that's what you need you need the the sausage meat because the the fall the failure that you see in germany is that people just put a, a vinola in a and mm-hmm. some and some yeah. bled tiger and some and some puff pastry and what you have is basically a hot dog sausage roll and that that my friends is incredibly disappointing yeah, don't they call that is it um versing and schlafrock um, I think is what they call it. basically their version of a pig in blanket, or is yeah the German version of a of a sausage roll, and it it doesn't cut the mustard uh, for for someone as as expert as you, especially. I've I've ordered something 
in, and I don't, yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you because it's Christmas, isn't it? Right. So I went online yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know, I posted that image of um, the Greg's jumper. Mm-hmm. I've bought one. <laughs> <laughs> so I've waited for I'm hoping it comes before Christmas. It's got a Christmas Greg's jumper. And it just it made me laugh when I saw it. And I was like, oh, I need to buy it. I need to buy it. I overspent on it because obviously the import tax is pretty, Ooh. pretty, pretty intense. But I was like, if I don't buy this now, this year, of all the years, I'll regret it. And I feel like I've made the right decision. I mean, it also it sorts out Christmas for the rest of your life. You'll always wear your greatest yeah, Christmas exactly. jumper. I'm going to wear it, yeah. wear it until it breaks. That's my plan. <laughs> From November the 1st until January the 30th. <laughs> exactly. But I'll be posting a picture as soon as I get it. So don't you don't I'm you very worry excited about, about that. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so we're recording on the Tuesday before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Not to give away the magic. It's Christmas Day, honestly. We're, we're speaking to you live. <laughs> and so everything's sort of winding down uh, work-wise. The, the classes I've been mm-hmm. taking have been certainly less well attended than surprisingly my grammar class today was incredibly well attended which is a surprise given it's the last class uh, for grammar before the christmas break so i've obviously got some hyper motivated students but yeah it does feel like everything's sort of winding down a little bit and all the news about potential lockdowns possible lockdowns is is basically just keeping me indoors and and so i'm kind of worried i haven't left the house except today to go quickly to the shops in about in about like five days <laughs> and i think that's a problem like and i don't quite know i don't quite know if it is a problem do you think that's a pro- i don't think it's a problem i don't think it's that much of a problem but i feel like i should be outside but every time i go outside it's so fucking cold <laughs> yeah this is the issue if you'd asked me like a week ago i'd be like ah oh, you're fine but i really did find in the last couple of days that i mean my wife and i go on a lot of walks now that we're living in a very walk-friendly neighbourhood these days. Mm. And for my mental health, it really does make a huge difference to, to do a good 7K walk, something around there. Like, and we've now got a new habit. We're doing this maybe once every 10 days or so now. There's a really nice butcher's in the next village and we'll walk there and they do really nice sandwiches so we'll walk to the butcher and get a sandwich and then walk back along the canal and... Yeah, it's it's been good for my soul to get out, but at the same time, I've spent hours in the last week playing the new Halo game, and I'm totally, <laughs> totally digging that. So, that balance between staying in and playing Halo and getting outside and enjoying fresh air and Mother Nature. Like I saw the fattest falcon of my life yesterday. That was pretty cool. <laughs> it, it was monstrous. <laughs> fat falcon overeating over the festive. So period. fat. It was a, my first first thing I said to the wife was like, "How many mice does that thing have to eat to stay so chunky?" Like it was. Oh, it was a rotund little thing. Lovely. Maybe the maybe the falcons are in lockdown too. That's that's the fear. <laughs> I've certainly up to the amount of exercise I've been doing. I reread one of my favourite books. I read at university because I remember I said I used to be quite a big lad, and uh, one of the things that helped us lose a lot of weight was a book by. Um, uh, Charles Bronson, the uh, prison, the, the prisoner, the, the prisoner right? Okay. <laughs> he wrote he wrote a book about how to um, exercise in small spaces, and mm-hmm. um, I didn't live in a particularly large place, so it's full of like body weight exercises, and so I reread that. He loves burpees, so I've been trying burpees for the first time in about let's say oh, maybe seven or eight years. Yeah, my body don't like that. <laughs> 
My body do not like burpees. My knees were clicking, my ankles were clicking, and I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, I am really very close to my 40s. I can feel all the sinews in my body just going, no, why are we doing this? She said we wouldn't do this again. <laughs> I'm kind of worried because I've begun to eat like festive f- festive eating process, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. further uh, later on. Probably walking would be better. Yeah, I think it's easier on your joints. I mean... <laughs> It's interesting that Charles Bronson, I mean, not everyone's going to know who that is, and he is often referred to as the most dangerous prisoner in Britain. And there was a really good film called Bronson with, um, oh, what's, what's your man's name? Tom Hardy, my um, friend. Tom Bloody Hardy. Tom Hardy. <laughs> blanked on Tom Hardy. How disgraceful. Start bolted naked and fights a load That's of officers. That's why I love it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's quite a moment. <laughs> it really is. It's a weird little insight into the uh, the life of uh, Tom Hardy and Charles Bronson. But yeah, it's interesting you're <laughs> uh, getting into the, the uh, exercise regime of a man in perpetual prison lockdown. But it's called solitary fitness. Mm-hmm. It's such a good, like, that's how I learned how to do, it's before I even went to gyms and stuff, I would, I would use this because it was a pretty solid source text. Although there was a section where he's talking about doing chin-ups on uh, prison bars of the, over the windows. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, obviously I can't do that uh, unless unless the police are very obliging and let me borrow a cell for <laughs> for twenty five minutes. Is there a section on punching police officers as well? Again, that cardio <laughs> does, working. Does I think it does have stuff about shadow boxing, but the bits I was looking at was more press ups and sit ups and burpees. Mm-hmm. Right, right now I think I've burnt off most of what I ate over the weekend. But oh, power to you, mate! I have a feeling I'm going to stop right about tomorrow morning around about eight <laughs> o'clock when i try the first one i just go oh, i have no motivation to do this who wants to be doing this but anyone who's anyone who's interested go out and check this book out it's it's funny it's he's a very interesting bloke mm-hmm. he's terrifying <laughs> he's got a very interesting style of writing but i would definitely recommend it to anyone So with the new rules that came in about UK citizens having to do a two-week uh, quarantine regardless of their vaccination status, there are a great number of us who have joined our bandwagon of staying home for Christmas. We cancelled earlier, but now everyone's pretty much screwed. And so that means plan B. Uh, so plan B for me, good listener as you listen now, I'm in Munster now, in the lovely Munsterland, where there are no hills, everything's flat and lovely. Uh, and I'll be in the warm embrace of my German family. It's a pretty decent plan B. I will be with people that, that know me and and care about me, uh, and I'll get to practice my German over Christmas, so that's always a nice little bonus. <laughs> um, what about you, mate? What's plan B turned into for you? Well, we just reverted to type, so 24th will be at the parents-in-law for German Christmas, and then saturday's operation britmas <laughs> so we're doing full-on british christmas i've even got a vpn so i can watch all the bbc you finally buckle dirge that comes out Th- this is what i learned from last year is when things like this happen you want things that comfort you and i think if you avoid them or you don't there's certain things you're not going to get and there's certain things like crackers for instance we've got crackers i ordered some yeah exactly unless you've bought them before before last week yeah. then you, you're not going to have them so there's a lot of people i know who were who've discovered mm-hmm. they can't travel in the last few days because of the change in situation but all, all i would say to those people is like find stuff that at least reminds you of things you enjoy mm-hmm. from christmas but at the same time don't let it limit you to creating new traditions and new things there's a lot of like good stuff i, I wouldn't give up 
the opportunity to drink German beer at Christmas, no. for instance. In fact, speaking to my brothers, they were going to buy German beer anyway, which is kind of funny that I'd go back to Britain <laughs> to drink German beer. Anyway, things like making mince pies is probably off the table, but there's, there's plenty of amazing food that you can get. There's loads of different things. I think television's a big one, but now with Netflix and Amazon Prime, it's a little bit easier. And I, th- I think there's plenty of stuff on Netflix that I'm like, yeah, definitely want to watch all that. Definitely stuff on Amazon that I'm totally like big films. And, and that's kind of a big thing for me at Christmas is the mm. entertainment. I used to be for a long time watching the Doctor Who Christmas special but i've gone off doctor who um a a long time ago uh, for five or six years ago so uh, it's not really a highlight for me but i think you've got to have that rhythm that you can recognize or else you do feel a bit discombobulated Mm. you know but um for britmas at least just trying to replicate as much as possible the british christmas for for my daughter more than anything else it's less about me and i think i'm in a and, and you probably feel the same i'm in a quite a privileged position i have three families i have my nuclear family i have my, my german family and i have my mm. british family and when one falls out then another one takes its place so i'm going to see my german family it's a bit different it's a little bit more quiet on the 24th but um we can do the loud drunken revelry on on britmas and even my wife's like getting quite excited about the idea of drinking <laughs> alcohol early in the morning and things like that so that'll be quite fun i think i think that's a big part of it is finding ways to do it are you doing something similar on the similar on the 25th or are you are you just following the german tradition i mean 25th I, i'm trying to get the whole family drinking i'm gonna see how many people i can turn that way but uh even if it's just me i'm I'm fine with that I, I don't need a big drunken raucous christmas but i do want to have like a bit of bucks fizz for breakfast i think that's just a nice way to start the day uh, i want to be in a positive mood that's the main thing because my main concern with plan b was that i was just going to be a fucking bummer i depressed that i'm not with my family like the plan was and being with the family when you want to be with your family isn't always the remedy sometimes it can be like oh this is just a, a reminder of all the things you're missing um, but I'm feeling very optimistic about it now. I've got a crate of one of my favourite beers to take up with me, getting a bottle of vodka to take up and do Bloody Marys as well. Oh, cheeky. <laughs> yeah, and then champagne and some orange juice for Buck's Fizz. And yeah, I, I've got a good feeling about the day. It'll be fine. <laughs> one of the things that I really appreciate is my, my German family to kind of accept whatever I say as being like a legitimate thing. And there's very little resistance to like, oh, that's weird that the British do that. So I've now convinced them that steaks is a pretty acceptable thing to do. So when there was planning for the dinner on the 24th, which is always raclette uh, with my German family, uh, my mother-in-law said without anything else, I will have to make sure that we get Simon a steak as well because he, he doesn't really do raclette. And I was like... I got no beef with raclette, but I'm happy. <laughs> that, I like that. I've got no beef. I've got no beef, but I do have beef. <laughs> I'm gonna have beef. <laughs> juicy, juicy beef. I have massive beef when it comes to raclette. Ha- why? What's wrong with raclette? It's fine. It's cheese and it's all sorts of things. There's two dishes that are popularly connected with Switzerland. One of them's raclette, and one of them's fondue. And at least fondue has the decency to have a bucket of cheese involved, like raclette. <laughs> Raclette for me is like, it's the worst of all possible eventualities. It takes too long to make. Yeah, it's, this is it. It's the impatience, isn't it? It's that you're, heat, you're heating your food on what is essentially a, a, a kid's toy oven. That's the power that you've got, like a little ele- electric plug-in kind of heater. You've got these like dainty little 
things that you try and pile up the food on and the cheese never melts properly and i'm sure someone will tell us oh well you just need to get a good raclette don't want one don't want one. don't even want one in the house the, the ingredients are never that interesting i just feel like of all the food choices you can make why that one and i understand understand there's like a oh there's a communal aspect to the cooking uh, but i've seen raclettes that are actual pizza ovens so you get like mini pizzas that mm-hmm. i can buy into no problem but like an assorted combination of mushrooms peas some cheese and a bit of ham on a small plate that's kind of lukewarm it doesn't fill me with happiness or christmas spirit there is a part of me that agrees that that the selection issue is a problem because what i've often found is i'm also a bit impatient with it and i'm also painfully british to the point i don't really want to ask people to give me things exactly yeah totally eating whatever's closest to me like tons of sweet corn i'll end up having so i don't really like this but i don't have to ask for favors to get my meal cooked it's never it's never i've never had one where i'm like oh that was a good meal and i've had enough raclette over the last 10 years to know at some point one of them should should have been good and and have never been good and and so i'm just kind of anti-raclette and i think i shocked my mother-in-law when i i don't usually express my dislike for for the food that's cooked but someone had said oh we should have raclette for new year's day and i was like no like don't want that and they're like why and i was like it's the worst and they were like all sort of wide-eyed and i was and i was like do you know when you realize you're saying something you shouldn't but you're like you're either like either I continue or I stop, and I was like, no, nah, I'm going to continue. I'm just going to express it, and speak my truth. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I had to, and and it's not to say that there isn't like shitty English food or like British food or oh. American food. We got yeah, plenty yeah. of that. I'm just saying, of all the things you could choose, like one of the things that I enjoy about German Christmas is there is a lot of interesting foods out there and there is like a damp noodle certainly around this area that's something that's quite popular there's like loads of really interesting things that you get at Christmas but uh, raclette is just I mean that and carp carpfen is the two things that I would are you a fan are you a fan of carp yeah of course I like carp yeah it's lovely. It's fish. Really? Yeah, I can't stand fish, though. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of Germans, and you ask them, "What are you going to have for Christmas?" And like back home, it's always like the, one of the big. It's probably the biggest meal of the year, and there are lots of families that just have like sausages with p- potato salad, and that's what they do every single year. And they're like, "I love it." It's like mm. I can go to a supermarket and get those two ingredients everywhere. Like there is nothing special about it, whereas like cranberry sauce and turkey and all the fittings, like there's something special about that combo. But yeah, I mean, you do you, Germany. It's fine, but I'm not going to get excited about anything with potato salad. It's just not going to get my blood boiling. But turkey's like a shit meat anyway, though. It's, it's not. <laughs> it's awful. It's so dry. It can be. Like the, you're absolutely right. We all have experiences of very bad turkey as part of growing up. Uh, in a british christmas but especially once you get to the point of like having people that can cook or cook well like turkey can be a sensational thing yeah like tom get him spatchcock yeah. in a turkey or spatchcocked. something <laughs> old spatchcock tom <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's what i'm i'm tagging him i'm tagging him with that <laughs> there's something in that in that and we've talked about this before the somber nature of christmases in germany i think the sausages and potato salad marry with that to a certain extent there doesn't seem to be a lot of ostentatious celebration it's not as noisy i think for young people in in normal times they'd go to the pub and see their school friends and i'm sure if we went on the 24th when we didn't have the baby and and and, 
and my wife would go out on the 24th and see all her friends in the pub so there was like a raucous element to it if you were if you were inclined to go drinking but it does mm. feel like they take the 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 Heiligenacht thing quite seriously at least down here uh, Stillenacht Heiligenacht and yeah. and you kind of get that sense of quiet somberness especially if your German family resides in a village definitely that's the feeling yeah I mean the, the, the harking to tradition to the point of mm -hmm. like almost a sort of medieval like <laughs> this is we have no power <laughs> all we have is sausages and potatoes um i, I respect it i say I, i'm not I, if i got invited to someone's house and they did that for christmas i would be like this is nice and quaint and lovely but i mean yeah we come from a far more americanized culture when it comes to christmas and i'm mm -hmm. much more interested in getting shit faced with my friends and then <laughs> gorging myself on 15 different dishes hello capitalism yeah it is a little bit it's a little bit extreme this is how we do it and that's how well, I, I can see a lot of negatives and i could see all the arguments against i'm just like my, my thought is if we're if we're celebrating jesus's birthday let's do it right yeah let's do it right let's not let's not give the poor lad a, a sausages and potato salad have sausages potato salad and then loads of other shit as well yeah. that could be the entree how about that he died for our sins he didn't die to kill the party <laughs> yeah exactly uh, we'll start singing a hymn now. <laughs> so we've talked about celebrating Christmas and how people might celebrate Christmas and different traditions and what's good and what's bad, what we like and what we don't like. But what is a very popular part of the old British Christmas is to have a nice, a nice quiz. A nice quiz, maybe some board games, but since we're, we're, we're virtual and playing a board game would require a, a level of concentration and skill that neither Simon or I possess, what I've done instead, and some of the answers are already going to be, I think, pretty easy for Simon, but he doesn't know what's coming yet. Let's see. I am coming in blind that I feel uneasy. I didn't prepare this. What's I am confident, on? Simon, that you should be able to at least answer some of these, if not mm -hmm. all of these. Uh, we're going to start with easy questions first. When do children in Germany get their Christmas presents? Yeah, 24th. Bada bing. The man right. started off on fire. It is indeed the 24th. There was a moment of serious self-doubt when <laughs> I said that out loud. Which country started the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree? That's is Deutschland. That's is Deutschland. Uh, genau. <laughs> das ist richtig. Okay, let's move on to something a bit tougher. How many ghosts show up in a Christmas carol? Three present past and future that's what you might think but there's four my friend because the former business partner jacob marley turns up at the beginning uh, doesn't he doesn't he mate doesn't he you're absolutely, you're absolutely right you got me you got me i was feeling cocky confidence out the window now <laughs> now he's on the ropes let's see what we can test him with uh let's try this when was the term xmas invented Ooh. uh oh, 50s 1950s oh. Oh, if he if he'd said the fifteen hundreds, he might have been correct. Oh, is it really that old? It is a very old word. It comes from the Greek letter X. Oh, indeed, and it harkens way back to the mid fifteen hundreds, which it was mentioned in a text about the Tudor kings of England. How about that's, that? That's very interesting. That's a good one. That yeah. What can I say? I'm here to entertain. Which country did eggnog originate? Is it American? They're, they're mad for the stuff. They do speak English there, but it isn't America. It's, in fact, Britain is where eggnog is. Oh, is it the British? Yeah, okay. okay, this is going to take some... And I've seen Simon do some pretty amazing things when it comes to maths. 
but now we're really going to test him. How many gifts were given in total in the 12 days of Christmas? Is it 365? Oh, it's so close. I'll give you one more guess. 364. <laughs> yes, it's 364. Ah, uh, what can I say? I'm a benevolent lord of Christmas. <laughs> okay. In which Christmas movie does Tom Hanks play six of the characters? A Christmas movie? Oh, it's that um, Polar Express? Oh, he's got it. A Christmas movie? Polar Express, indeed. The one with the, uh, the dead-eyed characters. <laughs> Uh, it's famous for the uh, uh, uncanny valley uh, situation where a face looks slightly like a human but not human enough to not make you feel incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> what time is the queen's speech traditionally broadcast on oh, christmas God. day in the uk i think it's my granddad watched that every year i think it's at three three p.m oh he's got it three p.m oh, oh he's doing it he's doing it for the for the christmas cheer let's see true or false Jingle Bells was always a Christmas song. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, this, it feels leading. I'm going to go false. It was a bit leading, wasn't it? Yes, it is indeed <laughs> false. The classic holiday song Jingle Bells was written in the mid-19th century by James Pierpont uh, while he experienced a bout of homesickness while living in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, and, and yeah, it wasn't originally a Christmas song. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but there we go. How fast would Santa's sleigh have to travel to deliver presents to all children in the world? Yeah. I mean, this, this, <laughs> the speed of light? Is the speed of light six million miles per hour? Apparently, the Telegraph did a study and they said that factoring in the number of children who celebrate Christmas around the world, which is roughly 700 million, and the total time Santa would have to have due to time zone differences... Dr. Katie Sheen, a physicist from the Exeter University, determined that Santa would travel so fast that his reindeer would break the speed of sound. Okay, so the speed of light here is 6.7 billion miles an hour. Pretty fast. That would just peel Rudolph, wouldn't it? That's that speed. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's going to be inside out by the end of it. Uh, so, last question. Where does the advent calendar tradition come from? I've got to guess Germany, no? Like, all Christmas things originate here, is my instinct. Pretty good instinct. The tradition first started by German Protestants who lit candles or made chalk marks on the doors every day during the month of December. Way to go, Protestants. Yay, Protestants. <laughs> you win. Uh, yeah, excellent. Well done. I'm surprised. Some of those you got. <laughs> the the amount of presents, the, the speed with which you got to the answer was actually upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for those... Yeah, for those who don't know the, the 12 Days of Christmas, of course, that's, it's, a, it's a bizarre song about a poor woman being given a large amount of birds over a series of days. But, of course, the, the partridge in a pear tree and the five golden rings is a really iconic part of any Christmas caroling experience. Um, but, yeah, I actually knew that from a, a previous quiz. I didn't do the, I didn't do the maths oh. in my head. I knew you don't. You didn't have to be so yeah, honest. I connected man. it you to it's basically a year, um, <laughs> like twelve to the power of twelve. Oh, well, I'm, that's, I'm already lost. <laughs> as soon as you said twelve, I can only count up to ten. I, I've got one for you. I, I wrote a Christmas quiz years ago that I'm unable to find now. Please, please return the favour and give me some quizzing. Which country is the greatest exporter of Christmas trees? Norway. Nope. Oh, is it Scandinavian country? Nope. Really, China? Nope. Ah, oh, give in then. Who is it? Oh, Canada. Oh, really? Okay, that makes yeah. sense. 
Writer's that exporter. Yeah. You got any more? Yeah, those are the only two. That, those are the only two that I can remember off the top of my head. I wish I could find that quiz because it was a good I, one. But. I feel. I feel like I didn't have. I didn't have a chance to to compete. I feel I've only been given two questions. But you know, it's Christmas. There's no, there's no time to be uh, to be insulting. I thank you very much for your pleasant <laughs> gift that you gave me. That's what my mother always taught me. Say thank you to the gifts you didn't want. <laughs> That's the right way to raise your children, but it's also a little bit bleak. (laughs) Anyway, enough of this rambling. I have (laughs) finally decided to uh, put my money where my mouth is, I guess. This is hugely exciting. People are actually writing about this on Twitter, that they are listening to the podcast for this. Yeah. This is a watershed moment, I think, for us. Uh, hello, celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> hello, finally, finally, celebrity. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, I've been talking for months now. Uh, in fact, my, my, my hobby has been finding photos of people talking about Stalin and then just saying, retweeting them and saying, put cheese on it. <laughs> and now is the moment of truth, ladies and gentlemen, because I am going to try three different cheeses on Stalin. Last year, I, I, I mentioned that I, I toasted Stalin and people literally freaked the fuck out at the idea of toasting Stalin. They thought it was a horrendous idea. And then uh, one, of the, one of the people I follow said, have you tried it with cheese? And I said, no. And then I tried it and it changed my life. <laughs> quite literally, right? I knew this already, but a lot of people have pointed out that it's quite a Northern English thing to eat cheese and Christmas cake. And the consistency of Christmas cake is quite similar to Stalin. And so my theory goes that this is probably why I enjoy it, is it's this northern element. So what I've got here is a uh, Christ Stalin uh, mit uh, 27% Rosinen. It's the real shit. It's a, it's a high raisin It's percentage. a high raisin percentage. Yeah, wow. And I have three types of cheeses <laughs> of which I'm going to try with this Stalin live on air. The first is... An Irish cheddar that I found. It is yeah. it is a peculiar shade of orange, but we can live with that. It is very orange, the Edica one. It is. It's not a great cheddar, but it's all we can get. <laughs> Next up, I've, I've upped the ante slightly because I thought I need to have a German cheese. And to be frank, my opinion of German cheeses is quite negative. So I chose the one that I like the most, which is Bergkäse, which is a very strong cheese that's from the uh, the mountains, as the name suggests. It is um, six-month-aged Bergkäse that I'm going to try. And then, uh, on the insistence of Simon, <laughs> I brought I brought along Bergkäse Bavaria Blue, which mm-hmm. is what my wife would affectionately term a stinkkäse. Yep. Uh, so I'm worried because I'm in a very confined space right now. I'm going <laughs> to open this and basically gas myself. But on air, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to I'm going to prove to you that the combination of cheese and Stalin is actually rather fantastic. And I promise neither to spit this food out <laughs> nor will I lie to you about its. It's it's quality, so I'm going to open the box now of the Stalin and tell you all about it. So, is there any fancy box in the Stalin? I don't actually know. Um, the the only Stalin, I was surprised. I went to the shop earlier, and the only Stalin they had was uh, the Bio Stalin. It's the only one they had <laughs> left over, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, it's quite. It's got a lot of sugar on it. It's got a lot of sugar on the outside, which is what I want. This is part of the Stalin. <laughs> uh, you can you can appreciate the Stalin there, Simon. Do you? What do you oh, think? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's very Stalin-y. 
It's a, it's a B.O. stolen, which I've never had, so you're already riding high on the wave of B.O. goodness. I apologise for the crinkling nature of this uh, broadcast. But it just shows that it's live. This is really happening right now. This is really have happening. Not I haven't this. tried the stolen. I haven't, I haven't tried these cheeses with the stolen either. And what my plan is, I am going to have... I don't want to contract diabetes before the end, before the start <laughs> of Christmas. So I'm only going to do half and half, right? So I'm going to do two slices, two full slices. I'm going to half those slices, and I'm going to put a bit of cheese on each side. So that should probably tell us whether I've made a terrible, terrible error, or whether, whether, ladies and gentlemen, I have come up with the greatest combination that the world has ever known. So I have my slices here. So Nick which, is also which doing this in the German way with a Gefro knife as well. So Oh, yeah, I've that's... got the Gefro knife, of course. <laughs> I was told it wasn't German because for some reason, oh, we don't have Gefro knives in the north. But, I mean, that's your problem, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so which cheese should I start with, Simon? Which do you think? I, I think I think you've got to start with the cheddar. I, I think that's okay. the... Uh... I feel that that's the weakest of the bunch. It's the one that I'm yeah. going to enjoy the most because I've done it before. I, I know it's good. So I'm going to use the Gefro. And then we've got a build to the blue. I think the blue is going to be the most challenging. I am, I'll, I'll admit, I am a little bit concerned about the blue cheese. I, um, I hate Bergkaiser, kind of, so I've, oh, yeah. I'm just kind of concerned that I'm going to basically spew my load on, on the mic. Uh, so um, I will. I promise you I will cut that out, listener, because no one needs to You've got to a guard on it. It'll be fine. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I've got a guard on my intestine, though. So. <laughs> uh, I think one slice, one good slice, one big thick slice should do. Okay. So this is the Irish cheddar. So snap that in half. Stick two bits on it. That'll work. Okay. Um, you are here to verify that I have cheddared my stolen. <laughs> You've chunked a massive slab of cheddar. That's more cheddar than stolen. That's now stolen on cheese. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's a 50-50 split. So uh, I'm going to try it now, and I'll, I'll tell you all about it in a second. Oh, on tenter hooks. Oh, fucking hell, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, I redlined so my mic so a... hard then when I lost. It's such a good idea. I don't know why people aren't doing this all the time. What is wrong with the world, man? Mm. There is genuine joy on Nick's face right now, listener. He looks very happy. Oh, it's got everything, man. And maybe <laughs> I think if it was a cathedral cheddar, cathedral city cheddar is probably a little bit milder and a little less plasticky. But regardless, listener, this works. And if you're not trying it this Christmas, in given that we don't have much else to do, <laughs> you, you, you're sort of you're letting yourself down, really. Mm. Oh, he's just rammed mm. that last bit in his gullet. He, he's loving so it. Oh, good. Oh, God. Right. I think that's as good as it's going to get. <laughs> mm. I fear that this is going to go sideways. Now, I'm really going to know how bad it's got when I open the beer case. Oh, God. I can smell it already. I haven't opened it yet. I'm going to open it now. I am terribly worried about how it will smell because <laughs> beer case usually has a distinctive odor. Like a bar. So that's the. There we go. Yep, yep, I can smell it already. Yep, this, my office is going to smell <laughs> distinctly cheesy for at least a couple of days now. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. It is powerful. It's a powerful cheese smell <laughs> that is emanating from this. It's a little bit rubbery, but we'll survive. Does it have a rind on it? That's the question. don't think it does. Oh, you've got the heart of the beer, Kaiser. Okay, 
So I guess an equally thick slab of Birkkaser. Oh. Um, okay. So here goes quite literally nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's a very distinctive taste. Okay. Okay. See, Birkkaser's got a quite foot cheese kind of smell. <laughs> And initially, that's what you taste. But as you chew, the stolen kicks in. And it's very much like the cheddar, frankly. Really? It works. Oh, Totally works. But the cheddar's better. Mm-hmm. Like your, your face lit up with the cheddar. Like the bouquets, you looked like mm. you were thinking about it. I was just worried of having like some terrible reaction. Now, if I was going to choose it, I probably wouldn't choose the bouquetser. But if I ran out of cheese, <laughs> if I ran out of cheddar... And all I had was a bit of birdcase and knock it around. It would do quite well. Yeah. Okay. The aftertaste is quite, mm. it's quite luxurious. Oh. Mm. I, can't, I, can't, I didn't see that coming. I thought the birdcase was going to have that, that hay flavor that would just overwhelm. Nah. Nah. It had. I think the stronger, like, I reckon if you went <laughs> to Austria and got the most burgiest birdcase, you probably would have that issue. But now. Now comes the real test. Uh, what I like about Bavaria Blue mm-hmm. is it comes in a nice little, like, half-circle packet, right? But it is a foul-smelling beast. <laughs> and we know it's foul-smelling because not only is it in a nicely prepared half-circle box, but there's also some cheesy, uh, cheese <laughs> paper or cheese plastic, I don't know, cheese foil, maybe. Uh, and and I, I suspect as soon as I put open this, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> That's that's an odeur, shall we say. <laughs> it's, just, it's a soft, blue, veiny cheese. It's, it's, uh, I feel like that might be too much, but at the same time, I don't want to take the piss. Is that, I mean, would you, there's still a bit of cheese left, right? But is that enough? Yeah, that's, that's definitely enough of Bavarian blue, yeah. Oh, thank th- thank God that <laughs> the uh, Simon the Snowman is... It's, it's, it's so decent with the Lord of Christmas. Otherwise, yeah, more than that would be terribly wrong for me. It would just be overpowering for sure. Well, we, we are doing this for science. So, listener, I'd like you to remember <laughs> that you can donate to the podcast, kofi.com. That's ko-fi.com. And the reason I ask you that is because I'm clearly going to die after I eat this, and Simon is going to need a retirement <laughs> fund of some kind. Um, unless he chooses to continue doing the podcast without me, which I hope he doesn't, because that would be a real betrayal of our relationship. <laughs> okay, remember, listener, I'm doing this for you. I, 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 I loved you all, and I love you, Simon. I'll miss love you when too, I'm man. gone. Danke <laughs> schön. <laughs> okay, here goes. I think this is going to be the best one. It's going to come out left field. Fucking hell. Fucking hell, that's good. Mm -hmm. It's quite creamy, right? Mm -hmm. That's the start. Oh, it's definitely got a, like, blue vein flavor. Mm -hmm. It's quite sharp. Marries together perfectly. I don't know what anyone's complaining about. I would happily eat the rest of that with that cheese. That's pretty solid. (laughs) I think it would make you incredibly sick, but... Mm-hmm. I think you you got signs to introduce your family to. Oh, I'm having, having some more of that. <laughs> He's going in for I'm, seconds. I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing that again. That was fucking really good. That actually might be the best of the three. 
Weirdly. Yeah, I did I did have a sneaky suspicion when I said you need to get um, something creamy and blue. Yeah, I was kind of... I just thought you wanted to see if I'd vomit no, on, I, on, on I the I genuinely thought like a Stilton, a Stilton replacement was going to be the answer. I think Stilton would be pretty good with a two. Yeah. Um, Wensleydale's usually pretty nice. That would be a go-to. Yeah, I'm going to have another one of these. Chin chin, <laughs> listener. This is this is not what anyone would have anticipated. I think we put a Twitter poll out before the recording. Is Nick going to enjoy three different cheeses on his stroman? Only massive fans of yours would have would have voted for you. That was so good. Like, can we do that every episode? That was amazing. <laughs> what we can do is we can do every week, we can try a different German food <laughs> with Bavarian blue on top. <laughs> and see see how long it takes me to lose my mind. Now, yeah. like, listener, if you live in Germany, even if you don't live in Germany, if you can get access to some good cheese and a good bit of Stollen, try it for yourself. I heartily recommend that you toast it first. That would be the, my preference, but I just didn't have time. But that was... Man, like, I'm so happy that worked. I was really concerned when I was buying it. I was really concerned it was going to go terribly wrong for me. I'm probably going to have horrible acid reflux. But, <laughs> but that was, that's a revelation, that is. I would never have thought the Bavarian Blue would work that well. But there you go, man. Yeah, I'm kind of sad. I don't have any in my fridge. I'm sad. I want to try this now. It looked like it was really, really effective. It, the, I would say, I would say of the three, the Bavarian Blue is easily the best. Um, I think I still I'm going to try it with some Cathedral City later in the week. I mm-hmm. might record that or make a video or something and stick it online. I think but that's a good idea. All I can say to those those cheese stolen haters is, <laughs> you've got to try it before you can complain. Because friends, I I am the Lord of Christmas, and the Lord of Christmas <laughs> says, eat your stolen with cheese. You like history, Nick. Did you know that in the Middle Ages, it was believed that people born on Christmas are cursed to be werewolves? The Lord of Christmas <laughs> knows all. No, I didn't. I didn't know that at all. That's, that's a very weird yeah, fact. So Explain. At, in, in, this, uh, in this heightened sense of science that was the Middle Ages, people believed that gestation uh, for a little baby took a year. Uh, and that meant for them that a Christmas birth meant the parents had been having sex uh, instead of honouring the Lord. That sounds very much like medieval yeah. practices. How stupid do you have to be that you don't can't work out the, the calendar? Like, that's, <laughs> the education system in the Middle Ages was in dire need of investment, I believe. Bloody conservatives. <laughs> you can't even do the basics. <laughs> it takes a year. Does it, though? Does it take a year? And I like as well the most educated people were the monks and and, and sort of priests of the time, and they probably yeah. would have been like, "Yeah, it is. It is they are werewolves." So I mean, it begs the question: like, who are today's possible werewolves? I mean, we've had Twilight, we've had this sensationalization of how cool werewolves are, and it turns out there's some pretty cool celebrities that could be werewolves. Uh, so let's look out for these particular people. The leader of Canada, Justin Trudeau born on the 25th he has quite wolfy features when wolfy you look at him yeah if you'd said like if you if you'd look at a picture of him and you said uh, justin trudeau is a werewolf you'd be like there's ah, a, a good there's a good percentage he looks like a movie werewolf, he does. he's right? a handsome he looks like, <laughs> movie werewolf it's not like one of them sort of hor- horrific 
monsters. He, he's the kind of if if you heard a rumor that Justin Trudeau was the the, the basis for the film Teen Wolf, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He was really good at basketball, and he turned into a werewolf. I mean, is is am I think if I'm wrong here, the word lichen. Uh, is a lichen a type of yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i think i think it's um lycanthropy i believe mm-hmm. is the term for it is um turning into a a werewolf that's up my depressing uh, teenage years spent reading vast amounts of fantasy and sci-fi yeah so lycanthropy is the mental disorder in which the patient believes that he is a wolf or some other non-human animal and so there's such thing as uh, clinical lycanthropy I'm fully bought and sold on the idea that Justin Trudeau is a a political werewolf, but I'm not so sure about the next one on the list. Jimmy Buffett. Well, the next one's going to be an ugly. He's going to be an ugly werewolf. <laughs> so harsh, so mean, so mean. I mean, I'm going to hold my hands up. I don't really know too much about Jimmy Buffett. He's one of those American superstars that hasn't really. <laughs> transferred his skill set over to the UK market. Hawaiian shirts. All I know is Margaritaville. <laughs> All I know about him is Margaritaville and that there's a chain of restaurants that he owns that is called Margaritaville. Yeah. Uh, which is based on one of his songs. And that uh, that is enough information. He's a summer werewolf, is Jimmy Buffett, I reckon. I, mean, I, I might have just changed my mind about him. He's got a song called Why Don't We Get Drunk. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds fine, Jimmy. <gasps> huh? There's another clue. He did a song called He Went to Paris, an American werewolf in Paris. I see the connections. He's been telling us all along. Quick, let's set up a YouTube channel and distribute this information to the world. No, I like the idea we've got, we got pres- like sort of, not presidential because Trudeau's not a president, but uh, we've got political werewolf in Trudeau. We've got summertime, mm-hmm. summertime werewolf in Jimmy Buffett. That seems, mm-hmm. seems fair enough as he's singing about drinking margaritas, I assume. How about... Um, Annie Lennox? What kind of werewolf is Annie Lennox? Who is also a Christmas birthday? Yeah, I mean it's, it's Lady Werewolves as well. This is this is. A, I mean, it's going to be sort of avant-garde werewolf, I imagine. Yeah, very Good artistic and the like. Oh yeah, like a very stylized mm-hmm. werewolf. I think manga werewolf. Um, possibly a werewolf that's uh, uh, gone vegan. That's my suspicion. <laughs> that would be my guess. You know, heart of gold. That's what I'd say. I don't want to mess with Annie Lennox. I have a sense. Annie I don't Lennox know enough about Annie Lennox. I, I'm I'm worried I could tread on people's toes if I start saying anything that I don't know anything about. All I know is she was amazing in the eighties, and uh, whenever I've seen her talking to anybody about about any topic, she's generally very sort of intense. So like that's terrifying. <laughs> but, uh, she's she does a lot of uh, charity work and stuff now. I think, but. Um, Oh, hang on. She performed the song Love Song for a Vampire for Bram Stoker's <gasps> Dracula. So maybe she's not a werewolf. Maybe she's... They're not even hiding it. This maybe is she's a vampire. The, we've cracked. We've cracked the case. <laughs> we're, we're basically just queer denking our way, way through this <laughs> werewolf story, just like piecing, piecing together like disparate bits of information. Okay, who's next on our werewolf list? The next is another female singer, Dido. And... I didn't know what Dido's name was. I assumed it was Dido. It turns out it sounds just like a fucking vampire or werewolf character. Florian Cloud de Bournevale O'Malley Armstrong. Yeah, it's probably better that she went with Dido, right? <laughs> Have you heard the latest jab from Florian Cloud? <laughs> I guess I wouldn't be. Would you be scared of, of Dido werewolf? She seems quite 
um, pleasant. <laughs> she doesn't seem to be quite a, unless that's a cover, of course. Well, I mean, her 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 first album was called No Angel. So, I mean, <laughs> she was again, giving us she a was, hint. She was telling us. Oh dear. Us. Okay, what's next? <laughs> uh, next is Humphrey Bogart. Oh, okay, a classic, classic werewolf. Yeah, wearing a hat. I'm assuming some yeah. kind of trilby. <laughs> No. I'm guessing he's wearing a trilby. Yeah, of course he'd be wearing a trilby and one of those like long overcoats as he sort of made famous in Casablanca, trench coat kind of affair. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming when he, when he becomes a werewolf, his sort of trench coat rips a bit, but not enough to like come off. So he still has the hat at a jaunty angle, perhaps. Muscular <laughs> werewolf frame bursting through his trench coat. That's the image that I have. I think there's like a film in here where like famous celebrities through time have actually been werewolves. I think there's there's money in this project. Yeah. I think might maybe don't put this out. We don't need to copyright this shit first. Oh dear me. <laughs> I don't even know who the next I don't even know who this is. Next up is is one of the one of the great supermodels, Selena Christians. No idea. I've never She was in Chris Isaac's Wicked Game. You just you basically just said words there. <laughs> Who's Chris Isaac? Yeah, oh, I have no idea. I've just found a picture. I have no idea. I've never seen this person before. You've you've seen no, no, Christine no, definitely. She's, she's one of the no, one of the greats. Not. And I mean, she's an, an interesting supermodel because she's she's also a werewolf. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the number one. I, I mean, she's Danish and yeah, former Victoria's Secret angel and, and clothing designer, beauty queen. But she's not, at least from. I, I haven't done much investigation into her career, but she's not. Like a, a shicky Mickey socialite, she seems to be a lot more grounded than most. Well, when you feast on the flesh of your enemies every every night or every full moon, then yeah, you've probably got to keep a low profile, haven't you? This this is it. But she does photography now. She's a climate change activist as well and breast cancer fundraiser. She she was actually this this is the connection. She uh, she dated and lived with uh, Michael Hutchins, the in excess singer. Was was he a werewolf? Oh, he was definitely a werewolf. All right, fair enough. Yeah. In excess, Makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, if you I'm said, I'm pretty sure that's the Greek for werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not go to your Greek classes? You went to your Latin classes, not your Greek. Her classes. son is called Mingus Lucian, Lucian Lycanthropy. <laughs> <laughs> two plus two equals eight. The, the last on the list, I could, I just, I can't believe how how this person would be a werewolf. I feel like. Like the comedy werewolf, I guess there would be. So. <laughs> yeah. It's Chris fucking Kamara. Cammy. <laughs> I guess I assume only British people are gonna know who Chris Kamara is. Yeah, he's uh, a unless you're cult a devoted hero. football fan. But yeah, he, he was he was a good player in his day as well. Um a bit of a Sunderland legend, I think, isn't he? Was that one of his As a Newcastle fan, no comment. Yeah. But I mean he he was he was a good player uh, and had uh, a not insignificant amount of success on the pitch, but he's turned into a, a really beloved uh, presenter. What his role really is at Sky Sports is he's one of the pundits that sits in the stadium and gives live commentary from the stadium. And his career is peppered with mistakes and errors, like where he's missed significant moments of the game happening, not realizing a team has scored not realising someone has been sent off. Cammy has done that. Cammy has also, 
he's a singer as well. I don't know if you knew that about Cammy, but he's done a Christmas album. So here we have the uh, the link to the Lord of Christmas. <laughs> uh, he's done Let It Snow, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas uh, on his 2019 Christmas album. So uh, Here's to Christmas is the name of that album. So if you are looking... Uh, Nick's wife if you're looking for a stocking <laughs> filler <laughs> then Chris Kamara's how fucking dare you, how dare you? <laughs> uh, no I mean it's it's impressive that he's had such a, a successful career given that he's clearly a demonic werewolf entity so <laughs> more power to him I guess <laughs> Hello zusammen. Before we say goodbye, I would just like to say on behalf of Simon and myself, a very Merry Christmas and ein frohe Weihnachten to you all, and a very big thank you for letting us be part of your festive fun. Obviously some of you may not have expected to be spending Christmas where you are, but I sincerely hope you were able to make the best of it. A big thank you to Karen, Dilly and Eldem who all retweeted or shared the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. Retweet us, share a link or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome or lowercase on Twitter or Instagram. You can also support the podcast by going to ko-fi.com, that's ko-fi.com slash decadesfromhome, all one word, and contributing to keep us all well-stocked with tea and beer and stolen and cheese and all the things we use to power the show. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Simon on at decadesfromhome, and you can tweet me at 40%german. You can also get us on 40%german at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40%german.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks and bis zum nächsten Mal. Tschüss.